640 Toronto presents Think Tank. Two guests, Toronto's top stories. Now, let's meet the guests. All right, those guests are here and they're in studio with us. We've got Ben Mulrooney joining us uh, to my right. Am I sort of, uh, over my right shoulder? Yes. Uh, nice to have you. You were on earlier. Yes, I just, it's all, it's all it's just, all bl- every segment is just blurring. <laughs> this feels like four shows already. Is it Thursday? And Warren Kinsella is with us in uh, studio as well uh, from the National Post, the Toronto Sun. And uh, I like saying right-hand man to John Cretchen. He Was he right-handed? Because then maybe uh, he'd be his left-handed man. Yes, he was. Okay. He was, actually. We had a left-handed prime minister. Your dad's a straight righty? He's ben? a righty. He was a righty. What, in 1992, every presidential candidate was a lefty. Yeah. Yeah. So Clinton, Clinton, Bush, and Perot, Obama, all, and Obama was a lefty too. Yeah, a we lot used, of lefties in the. Well, we used to do that stuff, and we would just talk about righty lefty, and that would mean what hand you wrote with, and yeah. now and what and through with, and now it's just all like they're insults almost. They're yeah. like he's a lefty, she's a righty. Just feels like that's where we're at. But nice of you guys to come in, and Warren, this is our first time uh, seeing each other, so thanks for thanks yeah, for being with us. You're a good looking guy. I, I was told last night at Depeche Mode, I'm a good singer also. This older woman, older than me, okay, uh, next to me said, you should be on stage with them. You sing. You have a great voice. And I'm like, wait till you hear me on three you, and a half hours sleep tomorrow were, morning. You were belting around. it out last night? Belting it. Yeah, at least 15 of those songs. Um, the only thing that would have been better would have been Alex Pearson singing harmonies with me uh, <laughs> last night uh, in the stands because she loves Depeche Mode like I do. Let's get going. We got, I, I want to play this deputy prime minister clip from the UK because I think it's great. Um, and I saw it over the weekend. Um, but you guys were both uh, talking about the protests in Toronto and both um, the D word came up deportation. And I know this is Twitter. It's X. Everybody's getting barbecued on uh, this particular website. But yet we choose to be there. Uh, we'll need to rethink that. Warren, give me a sense what kind of form of this was your tweet. Ben said, I'll co-sign. Yes, absolutely. I was like, I'll tag in and come into the ring. 100%. What kind of deportation are we talking about? And these are for student visas, work visas. What are you seeing and what compelled you to, to say we need to do a lot more than we're doing with the Canadian criminal code? Well, because it's the law, because it's on the books already. Like in the case of promoting hatred against identifiable groups, promoting genocide, promoting anti-Semitism, those laws have been on the books for half a century. So the law is there. So if you've got a picture of a swastika on Parliament Hill, like there was this weekend, that's something we need to look at. And in terms of people who have visas or foreign nationals and are not full citizens of Canada, that too is the law. And for decades, the law has been under the Immigration and Refugee Protection Act that if you even have two summary offenses, non-indictables, if you've got a conviction for a summary, we're kicking you out. That's the law. And so the question I think certainly I had and perhaps Ben did as well it's we've got the laws to deal with these situations that we're now seeing increasingly every weekend. Why aren't they applying the law? So let's talk about aspects of that. But for bo- both you guys, and we'll come to Ben Warren, you can go after Ben, is what's not being done here? Is this the police? I'm shocked there hasn't been a single arrest See, when you in said the city that of this Toronto. Morning, I was, I was listening in, you. and you said that jarred me, that no one has been arrested yet. Not not a single arrest. Because you can't have a Victoria Day celebration in the city or a, or a NBA Champions Parade yeah. without a few people getting arrested yeah. for something or yeah. other. So the fact that that hasn't happened, is this on the police? Is this on, because to deport anybody, I think you guys would concur with this, you're going to have to be charged with a crime and you're going to have to be convicted of a crime. Yeah. We, we can't grab you yeah. w- without due process <laughs> yeah, and that's, the what, that's what we meant. Yeah. No, one, then, no one's suggesting we put a bag over their heads and throw them on a plane to wherever, <laughs> anywhere but here. That, that, that's insane. 
but but people I think on on Twitter like to take a rational position and take it to the extreme, and and then and then tar those who made the rational statement with that extreme. But you guys are able to say more now to contextualize what you meant than just saying, well, I, get, yeah, I, get, I, like like sort them out and and deport them. I I mean I think it was pre- it was pretty clear. I, I or I, at the very least investigate it. Yeah. But that is not happening. Like for example, it's not like it, you know if you're going to charge somebody for willfully promoting hatred against Jews, and God knows there's a whole lot of evidence of that right now. It's not something that gets done like flicking a light switch. The police have got to investigate it. You got to get a crown attorney who agrees to prosecute it, and then unlike other sections of the criminal code, you got to get the attorney general to agree to prosecute. So there are all kinds of safeguards in that section but what you know i'm saying what ben clearly is saying is like we've got the laws to deal with these extreme expressions of hatred these people who are actively promoting there's hamas flags flying in toronto now and there's isis flags okay and they are listed they are identified terrorist groups who promote genocide against identifiable group which is jews and everybody who doesn't look like them so why are the authorities provincially and federally not doing something. And Greg, if, if, if people think that next weekend is going to be better than last weekend, they're kidding themselves. These, yep. these as, as the death toll in Gaza rises, anger is going to continue to rise. And I think we're going to see more and more examples of anti-Semitism, of bullying, of, 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 of pro-Hamas sentiment uh, out there on the streets of Toronto and other cities across this country. And so why we're not dealing with it today, we're just kicking the ball down the field, hoping it's going to end on its own. It's not. It's going to get worse. And we need to, some, somebody on on some level of government needs to put a sort of and draw a line in the sand. Yeah. What's fair and what's fair criticism of Israel, Warren, and their foreign policy and their, and their military actions right any, now in any, the streets of Toronto? Any criticism based, in fact, I'm not a fan of Netanyahu. Netanyahu's facing three separate criminal prosecutions for corruption, and he is going to be prosecuted when the war is over, and I think he's a goner. And, and, and obviously, he let his guard down, and that's why Hamas was able to do what they did on October 7th. So, but what I just did, what I just said, yeah. that criticism Netanyahu, that's not happening in Syria or Jordan or Egypt or any of the countries around Israel. It really is. It's a cliche to people, but it, it, Israel really is the only democracy in the Middle East. The criticisms that we can make of Israel, there was protests in Netanyahu's house on the weekend. <laughs> People weren't arrested. They weren't tortured. They weren't thrown in jail. Israel is like us. Israel's like the West. It's a Western-style democracy surrounded by tyranny. And there's a ton of, put it this way, there's a ton of people who follow Israeli politics, Ben, that, like Warren said, despise Netanyahu. They were demonstrating in the streets, which is fair game. You want to demonstrate about a president of the United States, a prime minister of Canada, you should be able to be out there. But you can't threaten to, you know, cut his head off and you can't threaten to go and string him up on and, and, and publicly hang him in the town square. You look, can't do those things. Look, I, I think I think we've seen uh, in these protests, these pro Hamas protests um, that, 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 that that the logic uh, for why people are standing up uh, in support of Hamas, it doesn't stand up to scrutiny. It, you, you, you push them on one issue. Uh, and and it falls apart. Uh, you and then you look at the, the counterpoint. You look at those who are standing up in support of Israel. What what are they asking for? They want they they're they're asking for uh, for the two hundred plus hostages to be released be, before uh, a ceasefire can be can be discussed. That these are these are legitimate claims. Absolutely, that the Israeli people and those who 
are supporting Israel have. And it's falling on deaf ears and it's exceptionally frustrating. But I think I look in war and I say, if the three of us were were very much in support of a two state solution, and if we if all three of us thought Israel is being far too aggressive here and we were out in the streets on Saturday or the last three Saturdays, here's what I would say. I think we'd we'd come to a certain point where we'd be like, are we doing are we doing the right thing? Are we getting labeled and lumped in? I'm not going to say it's just a few bad apples, but it ain't 18,000 people that are pro Hamas. Like maybe we just shouldn't even label these pro Palestine, pro Hamas rallies. They're no. a confluence of a ton of people with a ton of different no, perspectives. For sure, on it, some for of sure. which are really, really, really good hearted and some of which are not. Yeah, but some of them are profoundly ignorant. Like in post media on the weekend, I did a column. I finally did. I sat down and read and studied the Hamas 1988 charter. And like boys and girls, those of you who were at that that protest yesterday, as you've been on every weekend for the past few weeks, like if you're gay, they'll kill you. Mm-hmm. If you're a woman, you're not going to have education. Their requirement of you is that you carry babies, preferably male babies. I think they know that. but No, I, they no, don't. No, but you can't know that they don't know that. A gay person could say, I'm from Palestine. It's too aggressive. It doesn't mean they want to move there. It, it doesn't if, mean they want to live there. They'd be there already. Okay, well, they're profoundly ignorant then. Okay, and they're not aware of the, the organization that is the direct benefit of the protests that they're conducting is an organization that wants to wipe them out. Like Hamas, for example, you know, all of them going around saying there should be a ceasefire. You know who's against a ceasefire? Hamas. Hamas in yeah. its charter, I'm, Article 22, they call them a waste of time, quote yeah, unquote. Greg, Greg you, you talked about a two-state solution. There is no two-state solution uh, possible. While Hamas the, exists. While Hamas exists. I, Full stop. Yeah. Full stop. The pal- And and uh, nobody, nobody that I know that is supportive of Israel has ever suggested, ever said that the Palestinian people and Hamas are one and the same. In fact, they recognize the very difference that Hamas, in a lot of ways, is holding the Palestinian people hostage. And yet that that part of the conversation doesn't happen. I think it's a very mainstream perspective that Palestinians are suffering under. Uh, they, they elected Hamas once and haven't been able to have an election in 16, 17 years. I think that's out there. It's out there. It doesn't mean that it's it's a, it's conventional wisdom. On Toronto today, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, like, and again, like Warren, I double back and I go. I, I understand you're going to say that they're they're ignorant about it, but I we're in big trouble if we say. And I'm not saying you're saying it. Women shouldn't be able to be out there at a pro-Palestine rally because of what Palestine. No, I'm Palestinians saying inform yourself. You've got well, an obligation. Of- if you stand in a in a street and there's all these people around you with Palestinian flags, fill your booths. We're a democracy. You're permitted to do that under Section Two of the Charter. But if you look over and a guy's holding up a Hamas flag or an ISIS flag or an Al Qaeda flag, or he's got, as we saw this weekend, somebody with a, a sign dropping a Star of David into a garbage can saying, clean up the world. Like, I'm sorry, you're supposed to perform some critical judgment and say, I yes. shouldn't be here. And that's exactly, the three of us are next to that. We go, we then look at each other and go, we're in the wrong place here. Yeah. This has yeah. gotten conflated yeah. and we're in a bad spot. Because at the end of the day, a military solution is not going to solve this. Like they all live in the same neighborhood. They are side by side. They're cheek by jowl and they've got to work it out. They've got to figure it out. But the military solution for dealing with Hamas, as Ben said, is absolutely essential. We've got to wipe them out because their their mission, they say so in their charter, is to murder Jews. Let's play you this. Uh, Janelle Massa uh, from uh, X of the CBC was on earlier and she talked about these protests. I want you guys to be able to react to this. There were tens of thousands of people marching in the streets of Toronto. And what were they calling for? 
They were calling for peace. They were calling for an end to violence. They were calling for a ceasefire. That is the overwhelming message of what has been on these streets, what's compelled tens of thousands of people to these streets of Toronto for the last four weeks. So, you know, I, I, I'm baffled when I when I hear people, you know, trying to paint this as hate fests or hate rallies, I understand, you know, uh, one or two instances, we should absolutely uh, call out anti-Semitism, we should call out hate, we should denounce it, uh, we should call out violence. Um, but I think, you know, where where people get frustrated is uh, applying that across the board. Let's not use that to now uh, perpetuate Islamophobia, to perpetuate these, you know, these dog whistles of uh, deport them, send them back to their countries. Okay, Ben, she's allowed her perspective. What do you think about it? it, Make sure that the hostages come home, and then I think the Israelis will talk about a ceasefire. What's her name? Janelle Massa. Okay, I don't know her. So um, this is what I'd say to her. If if I had been you, and I'd be sitting where you're sitting right now, say, hey, Janelle, did you see any signs condemning Hamas at that rally, which you said is full of love and understanding? And we talked about those signs, and we talked about the protest outside the coffee shop. Is there one? Has there been one? Has there been one sign condemning Hamas? There hasn't. And so that is the issue. Israel was the victim. Hamas started this. Israel didn't. They thought they had peace with Gaza. Hamas did this. So, like, I'm sorry, but these rallies, to me, these protests in support of Palestine, they seem to be kind of critical more of the victim than the guys who did the bad stuff. So would you say the people protesting, I'm, I'm going to move on and play this foreign minister clip because it advances next Saturday as well, Warren. Do you think people going to these rallies need to look around and, and you know, we've heard the phrase, see something, say something. Like, I, I get told to do that all the time in my workplace, in my community. This guy shouldn't tell this joke anymore. I try and do the best I can. Are we not seeing enough see something, say something at these rallies for the good people that are out there that yeah. want to do that, that just want to say, I've got a political opinion here. I don't want anything to do with these guys with an ISIS flag. Yeah, you have judgment, yeah. right? And, you know, that is at the end of this, after Hamas swiped out, because they think they will be, people have to come together. And like the Palestinians are not disappearing, neither Israelis. They got to work it out. So, yes, that needs to happen. But, like, you know, people need to use some judgment, and they're not doing that. I appreciate that sentiment. And, Ben, I look and I say, the cops not doing anything are leaders. Chow, Ford, Trudeau, none of them, very few of them doing anything is not going to help cool tensions down when this is over. It isn't. It's inflaming it. I'm not necessarily trying to link the two things, but there's no way in my mind I can can hear what we've been talking about today about good people being tarred with a a, a brush and and, and not not everybody at these these rallies is is pro-Hamas. Explain to me, honestly, explain to me the difference between what's going on right now, why nobody is lifting a finger to to stop. um, They're afraid. The and good the, people that and, are afraid, and, and, and uh, the tru- afraid of, of a backlash. And the trucker Bingo. convoy in, in Ottawa, where there were a couple of uh, swastikas. You could argue that, uh, that, that those who had the uh, swastikas on their, on their um, flags were suggesting that it was the government uh, that was Nazis <laughs> and not themselves. And yet, uh, despite that, the government was all too eager to paint everybody as a, as a bad actor. They enacted uh, uh, um, uh, the Emergencies Act, and, 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 and you compare it to today, a complete vacuum of authority. Let's play Oliver Dowden. This is the Deputy Prime Minister of the UK. He's a member of the British Cabinet, and he was on uh, BBC World News Tonight, Saturday night, talking about the fears and concerns next Saturday in London on what they call Armis- Armistice Day. It's our Remembrance Day. Here's what he said. 
the hurt that is caused when people stand there chanting from the river to the sea, which is clearly denying the state of Israel, or jihad, jihad. And I think what the other people attending those marches need to ask themselves is, are they inadvertently standing alongside those people that are preaching hate? And I think when you look forward to next weekend, when it's Armistice oh, okay. Sunday, I have grave concerns about a march taking place on that day for two reasons. First, this is a moment when the nation is supposed to come together in remembrance of our fallen. I don't think it's appropriate to have uh, marches in that context. And secondly, and of course the police are operationally independent and they need to make the decision on this, I do have grave concerns. I have grave concerns about, on that day of national remembrance, the signal that that sends, the intimidation that the Jewish people feel right now in this country. And by the way, we shouldn't view this as... Jewish people, we should view this as British society. These kind of things, the way you have that uh, chance like jihad, they're an affront not just the Jewish community, they should be an affront to all of British society. And I think all of us should be calling out that sort of thing. And Warren, that's the point I was making with protesters outside of Roma is, I don't know what religion they are. I don't care and it's none of my business. But if they tell me they're afraid by people putting stickers or banging on the glass and yelling boycott, boycott, and they're making 15 bucks an hour, regardless of that, um, I think that's a problem. And, and even if I was a strong Palestine supporter, I'd pull myself out next Saturday for fear of being misunderstood and aggravating our proud war veterans. I want to know what you think about it. Well, yeah, I agree with you. And again, you know, the criminal law arguably applies to that situation, too. We've got the offense of intimidation in the criminal code. If you're trying to scare somebody from doing something that they normally would do, which is, you know, go to Aroma, Aroma and get an espresso or something, you're arguably committing a criminal offense. So Ben's earlier point is the key point. We have a whole array. We've got a buffet of laws in this country that have been all been charter-proofed. We're not using them. And that's not just you know a failure of the Justin Trudeau government. They come up with the laws. It's the provincial governments that decide when to apply those laws. And, um, you know, so the aroma thing happened, what, two days ago? Mm -hmm. Something. I, I, I don't think the mayor said anything. Like, I haven't heard anything from thumb. anybody. Nope. So, like, what the hell? So you work at a Roman, you're scared to go to work? That's not right. No. And there's a ton, you know, looking it up even last night, knowing we'd be talking about this, Ben, there's a ton of crimes that can get you deported. You could traffic three kilograms of marijuana. Yeah. And you'd get I worked in the States on a work visa for 10 years. I assume if I got in some kind of bar fight and got and got convicted of assault, that's it. Yeah. I'm done living in the States. We just feel like we're just like, again, no matter what the perspective is, we're just really loosey goosey with what's legal and what's not right now. Yeah, and we, we've we've seen laws applied. Uh, so so we know we know that these can be used. I think there's. Uh, at this point, it's been it's been so long. And look, it's not like people aren't there with their phones. There is a lot of video with a lot of faces. I think you could clearly, uh, if you wanted to, you could clearly identify a few key people who've been making, uh, th th on whom you could you could make these cases. There's, I think there's a choice being made right now to do nothing. And there have to be people at these marches, Warren, that, that are like, please identify these people, get them out of our midst. If we want to say something and we've got the right to do it and we want to march, we don't want these, they're a drag on the ticket, sorry, to put it bluntly. There was a guy in Montreal in the weekend Okay, and he was standing on the balcony. balcony with a loudspeaker calling upon God to kill the Jews, kill every single one of the Jews. That happened in Canada, right? That didn't happen in Qatar. That happened in Montreal, Quebec, Canada on the weekend. 
how the hell is that guy going to work or whatever he does this morning? How has he not heard from the police? How have we not heard that they're doing something with that? You're not allowed to do that in this country. We're a country of laws. You're not allowed to make threats to somebody individually, and you're not allowed to make threats to people as a group by virtue of their religion, their sex, their orientation, whatever. It's wrong, and the governments are failing us. And and Warren, don't you think that if just a few key people like that guy, if that guy were, if we heard in the news that that person was being investigated today, do you think that that would send a message to future um, uh, people planning to, to go to these rallies? Yeah, that for Maybe sure. they should be on, the, on, on better behavior? Yeah, well, there's a principle now called deterrence. You know, one of the reasons why, you know, judges allow people, you know, those ink-stained wretches to come into the courtroom is they yeah. want us to write the story to get the word out that you shouldn't be behaving in this way. Yeah. And I'll make the case again. I have to believe there's a large percentage of people that would be exactly supportive of that, but just feels like they're afraid to say it publicly. It just feels like that. You think they're for either for feel or repercussions. I don't have a clue as to why. If I'm again, if it sees something, say something, and I'm out there know, and I'm, I'm walking yeah, with I my family. Death, I got two death threats I, yesterday. One guy went on Instagram and attacked the looks of one of my kids. Like, well, I got a phone call from Florida. I picked up the phone. That makes me madder than the death threat. I, although I don't uh, want anybody uh, uh, killed. Well, you know, they, I, you know, I wipe my, you know, what with the death threats. But anyway, <laughs> it's like it's it's getting worse. People are getting angry. They're getting more extreme, and they're observing that the authorities are not yeah. acting against this behavior. And that's Ben's point. If you let this go, someone's going to get killed. And you guys are angry, and you guys are emotional. What brings it back to the middle? What happens? Warren, like from a strategist perspective, what can fix it? I know it's not going to happen tomorrow or the next day. Well, you but gotta, you but gotta, the where and when is important. you got to kill Hamas. And the one thing I know is that every Arab nation in that neighborhood wants that to happen yeah. because they're a destabilizing influence for the entire mm-hmm. Middle East. They can't say it out loud, but they feel it. Yeah, for sure. Ben, what, what, what takes the temperature down? Release the hostages. Step one, yeah. release the hostages. That's, I mean... Look, Hamas mm. is a terrorist organization. They need to be destroyed. But if they, if if anybody, if there's a, if there's hope for a ceasefire, even temporary, good faith has to be shown. Yep. Release the hostages, uh, and 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 then the Israeli government will consider a ceasefire. But until then, this is it's this the bombing is going to continue. I brought up this tweet, Warren, from this Noah Smith, and he wrote yesterday. Seems like the only reasonable option for Israel is to do a really bloody, costly ground offensive that roots out Hamas without bombing Gaza flat, and then get an Arab multilateral force to take over. Gaza, lift the blockade and try and economically develop it. I I wish it was that simple. It's not. It sounds great on paper. I wish that was what's going to happen because the bombing uh, does feel indiscriminate. Well, that's a more comprehensive foreign policy than our prime minister, Scott, quite frankly. (laughs) (laughs) Noah Smith for PM. All right. We'll get behind that independent vote. Guys, I appreciate you both being in here. Awesome.